Hello everyone and welcome to From the Heart, a podcast brought to you by Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. My name's Josie Cooks and as we adjust to social distancing and working and learning remotely due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we're going to be sharing stories with you about our experiences as a way of staying connected and being in community with each other. Today, my guests are Alan Ibbett and David Emery from the Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong IT Department. Alan and David have been very busy overseeing the implementation of the technology support needed for us to work and learn remotely during the COVID pandemic. Welcome, Alan and David. How are you both? Very well, Josie. Always well, Josie. Great to hear. Today, I want to chat with you about what I would call our virtual reality and the behind the scenes work the IT department have been doing over the past month or so to prepare for the COVID-19 restrictions. You've both had a really busy start to the year. What have you been doing? Well, actually, a couple of things there, Josie. The work we've been doing over the last five years to prepare for COVID-19, because there's been a whole lot of background work gone in to make the network or make the IT facilities resilient. But this year has been particularly, particularly rushed because we've just moved down in to the annex down here in Burelli Street. Dave can describe the chaos that was in the early part of the year. Yes, well, we've actually gone from sitting on boxes and sitting next to boxes and moving boxes away from your chair to, to down here, which is a fantastic facility. But we've got all those hundreds and thousands, hundreds of boxes everywhere, which um, sort of all got moved. And now we're trying to work out what's what, where's where, and and sort of live in here. But it's just a fabulous facility. So it turns out pouring all those boxes out onto the floor wasn't a good idea. (laughs) Because you haven't had time to get to them. (laughs) Well, um, being tech heads, you two must love this increased use of technology and um, particularly in the world of um, the Google Cloud as such? It's, it's funny you should say that, whether that we like it, because there's two responses that you get. There's the people who say, wow, this is so cool. Why, you know, why haven't we been doing this you know, forever? And then there's people who are really stressed and worried and concerned that they're going to break something. And... Um, Really, it's very difficult to break and it's very easy to fix, but don't tell anyone that because otherwise they'll get rid of the IT department. But, <laughs> um, but the reality is it's, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a mixed blessing, I think. Although David, um, he's, he's been working in the schools a lot and particularly over this period. What, what have you been seeing? Oh, look, first of all, I want to go back to what Alan said a little while ago. We started this, you know, he said five years ago, well, five or so years ago. It's not just the, the cloud. We've been moving all of our services off sites so schools would have no servers. Um, that's not totally complete yet, but nearly every school in the diocese, we don't have phone servers. It, 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 the phones are in the cloud. So um, all the equipment that we're using. So to transition to this stage now for, for school staff, for office staff, for everyone, hasn't really meant that they have to look at uh, gear that's on premise because no matter where you work, you can still do that same work from whatever point that is. Mm. So that's been a, a, not a godsend, but it's been a really 
um, way forward for so many of us. Yeah, because it hasn't mattered. There's nothing needed to be set up explicitly for this. It just it just works from wherever you are. Yeah. So you've just been waiting for this to come <laughs> along. Well, but that's part of the, the whole disaster recovery, Josie. The, um, you don't know whether it's going to be our air conditioner sets fire to the office like it did. Did it? <laughs> oh, very close. Um, or whether it, um, you know, it's uh, the zombie apocalypse or now COVID-19. Um, it's just one of those things that you've got to um, try and predict and design something that's going to be simple that's just going to work. And um, as you saw on uh, some people here in the office may have seen on Saturday, the, the core of the network died. There was a, a switch absolutely went ballistic. And... Uh, but people at home didn't notice. They could still get their email, they could still do stuff. Um, so it's, it actually has worked out to be pretty resilient at the core. But what I'm worried about now is that we've, we don't want to have left people behind. How do yeah. I do a Zoom? How do I, how do I do my kindergarten class with Zoom? And that's what we're, we're working through now. And we've done training with um, Eagle Vale. We had two big sessions out there and... Um, David uh, and Mark Woolley are doing training with people. It's um, just to make sure people come along for the ride as, as much as anything else. All right. Well, you mentioned before about um, the use of technology. So for many of us, including myself, I take it for granted that technology will just work, thanks to you guys. So what impact has the government's decision for people and students to work and study remotely had on the IT department's workload? It's... For me, it's huge. The, the workload has... It's not the workload has changed, but the work distribution has changed. Wow. It's actually constant. Particularly in the last three weeks, there's just been either meeting or discussion or implementing the results of a meeting or doing something like that. Just bang, 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 one after another. Um, and, and I think that... Um, it's good because we've actually made such progress in the last little while. It's extraordinary. And I think people, when they sit back and think about their own journey, they're going to be astounded by how much they've achieved over this last little while. And, um, and as we move into term two, what they're going to achieve, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. Dave, what, what are your yeah, thoughts? It, obviously, this impacts everyone through to the teachers and, and staff in schools and in the office, but in, in our area, it's changed the things that people are doing on a day-to-day basis. We've cancelled some of our projects. You know, we've, we've um, had to up, upgrade, update licensing for so much extra software, which, you know, wasn't foreseen to be required, but now is. Um, so additional software licenses, things like Seesaw have come from, from nowhere to it's a wonderful a product expense, and yeah. people are now saying we need to use that, you know, so we, we've actually funded um, that to be used in all the schools. Um, so, you know, staff are working with things in our area which they hadn't worked with before because they have to be able to support all these things that mm. everyone wants to do. We've had to, um, we went from about 500 odd licenses for Zoom to about three and a half thousand now. Wow. Just over, overnight, virtually. And um, the number of Zoom meetings went from in, in uh, February was 300,000 minutes of Zoom meetings to March was a bit 12.5 Three hundred fifty thousand to twelve point five million Zoom minutes. 
and that's just for the CE net membership. That's huge, and, and uh, it, it all scaled, it all handled it. Do you see that increasing over the, the next term? Yes. Yeah, I think so. And I think what will happen is people become more comfortable at the moment. Um, people reading, oh, Zoom is terrible, it's the work of the devil and uh, it's, you know, it's insecure and all of these things, none of which are true because um, the devil writes for Microsoft. Um, <laughs> but the, um, the, the reality is... Um, what, what actually happens is people get used to it and they, be, they go, well, give this a go. We'll try this. And then, well, that worked all right. And then they try something else. And next thing you know, people are doing all sorts of wonderful things and they're, they're looking at it going, yeah, actually, yeah, I could have done this. So I think it's going to change everything long term in a huge way. And um, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity. And I'm really proud of the IT team here, um, the way they stepped up. But more than that, I'm proud of the way the CEO, like the whole organisation, the schools, everyone has stepped up. They really have made a huge effort and, and yeah, they've done really well. I, um, I did prayer a few weeks back and thought I would Zoom it and that was my first attempt at Zoom. But not only was I going to Zoom prayer, but I thought I would have this reflective music which we had to switch to and then at the end, I was going to have another, um, the, the couch choir song close to you. So I wanted to switch to that. But I got myself in such a muddle and it was all way too much. And thank goodness, Catherine happened to be in the room and she came to the rescue and helped me out. But I think I should have started off with maybe just a Zoom meeting rather than have three or four different screens that I wanted to share hmm. and keep flipping and to. And that's so. a good place to start, start <laughs> simple. But having said that, what you wanted to do is very feasible. And I reckon that you'd have no problem if you did it now. It's oh, just no, I'd be an expert. I'd be all over it. <laughs> we also need to acknowledge the work that's been done across our diocese by Mark Woolley and Ben Woods okay. because they are really um, um, moving very well across this scope of work across and having contact with all the teachers across the diocese and that's you know really pleasing as well yeah and i think that uh, they've been they've been busy too like one arm bricklayers so yep right that's great um you spoke earlier about um doing some zoom training at eaglevale what other support have you had to provide to schools to make learning remotely a reality for students and teachers well, we've mentioned the licensing as well. Um, then there's the equipment for for, uh, for the children at home, which we've worked with schools in distributing. Rather than schools having com computers or iPads sitting on shelves, they've made them available where necessary to, to families at home. And of course, then there's the project about the, on, uh, the internet from home, which is still ongoing. Yeah, they're all sitting out there ready to go. We've got a 1-800 number. Anyway, it wasn't uh, wasn't actually um, wasn't outrageously successful yet, but we'll we'll work through that. Okay. <laughs> okay. The current situation has meant that many staff members and parents have been thrown into the deep end when it comes to technology. Like I said earlier, I'm not the most tech savvy person on the planet, but over the past few weeks, like a number of others, I've really had to learn a lot and really quickly. So what are some of the biggest challenges or issues and problems that teachers and staff members have faced as they transition into our new reality of working remotely? Who'd like to have a go at answering that one? 
you seem proud of yourself. You've said I that am. about ten times now, and, and I reckon be. you're not. Yeah, because you're not the only one who's speaking like that. It's there's been a number of staff who have said this is going to change things forever. You know, this is and are really loving that step up. And you know, the way you're speaking about it is is what's. A lot of people are echoing the same sort of thing. Not everyone. A lot of people come from a high level and go higher, and some are starting very, you know, ground level and getting higher as well. So they're achieving um, to as the amount that they want to achieve. And that they, yeah, and I think that's. You want to know what the biggest challenge these people have got yeah. is their confidence. That's their challenge. How do I? Oh, I couldn't possibly do that. I need Catherine here, or I need. Um, David here or something like that but the reality is um, you've got to sometimes when you get thrown in the you know in the middle you just have to do it and and that's what I'm saying these people are really stepping up and making a huge effort and I think the other thing that people have got to remember is this is like uh, this whole road to Emmaus story that people are at different points and on that journey and they don't all as Dave said, some are at, uh, you know, they've already been doing it and, you know, they're going to go to a different level. Some people have tried to avoid it, but now they have to do it. But just look at where you're up to and just go from your level. Take it from where you're ready. Don't try and do something. Don't, I'm not saying don't be ambitious because you, you, you probably want to be, but just have a punt and see how it goes. And then, like I said, you can't break it. And even if you can, it's very easy to fix. It's, it's really interesting the way our schools are approaching this exact, you know, whether it's a problem or whatever, because people are all at different stages. But yeah. some of our schools are approaching this such that every single class in every single year is doing the same thing so that we don't have a teacher who might appear as a super teacher compared to so we've got a family with three kids at the school they're all getting the same type okay. of materials the same learning experiences so that the school is moving each year group together up up this tree of mastery you know mm. and so they're not seeing from a parent's perspective oh this teacher knows so much more than this teacher or whatever and that's a that's a really good insight for a, a school to be doing as well but it's interesting in in my job i get to see what other places are doing whether it's the department or other dioceses or whatever and um our schools are really really on the front foot with this and they've really picked up to whatever their strengths are. So as Dave was talking about, some schools are doing that same thing for all of the 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 um, the different year groups. Uh, my wife's school is doing a very similar timetable to what they would have done at school. Now I would have said that wouldn't be possible, but not only is it possible, it works great, and the kids are getting the benefit from it. Um, but that wouldn't work in every school, and I think that. Um, this model that we've got here in, in Catholic education and the way we practice it in Wollongong is of subsidiarity is really working well because schools get to do where or make the decisions they need to at the level that you know is most appropriate so they can actually play to their strengths but there is also always that central support and and the central materials that you know, the uh, continuity of learning working group or the, you know, various other groups are, are working on, so they can always fall back to that. And then, you know, then there's things like the Zoom best practice guides and all of those sort of things that, um, 
that are helping people out. But people can, they're not constrained, but they're also given guidance. So I, I think we're in a, I think we're in a pretty good spot from that point of view. And the schools that I've been to, while everyone's nervous, they, I think they're all approaching it quite well. What do you think they're most nervous about? Good question. Um, making a mistake, probably. But, but like I said... Yeah, going somewhere new. Yeah. Like, there's always that, will I open that door and see what's on the other side or it's easier just to leave it closed, you know? Like, oh. the, the, the something new, the new experience is always makes people nervous. But, but they're having a go in general. Most people are having a go. And I think that that's the interesting thing, that um, you, once, you, um, once you, have, you go through that first door, then you, the next one's easier and the one after that's easier. And then by the, the end of it, you'll be kicking doors down to do things to, in, a, you know, in a slightly different way. And like I said, the, or not, we, sort of, we talked about the infrastructure that we've put in place. Our infrastructure will support this all the way through. And when we come through the other side and the new world, whatever it looks like, again, it'll support that. And, uh, and I think that's the bit that um, I've enjoyed doing. Um, I'm a builder. I like to build things. And now that we've built it and it's actually being used, it's going pretty well. All right. So we talked about how a lot of teachers and staff have had to learn new skills and um, take that leap of faith. So tell me this, have any members of the IT department needed to upskill or learn something new in order to provide the service and support required in schools and the CEO offices during COVID-19? What about you, Dave? We're all lifelong learners. We learn every day of our job for every, not just this COVID-19 experience. But that being said, I think what the biggest change of the learning is that sometimes the depth that we've got to know things now, some things in particular, compared to what you knew them a month ago, you know, because we've become that support base. And so to be a proper support base, you've got to have better knowledge than the people who are, who are making the calls. And, you know, so you've got to, you, so we have to broaden our depth of knowledge on specific things and you know maybe zoom is one of those specific things you know everyone was using it before but how much did we all know about it and you know, how competent was yeah it? and we've had to dig right into those settings to you know and and i we talk about people breaking things we're sitting there we let's do this oh actually warning one don't touch that button all right so <laughs> there's a that whole process is is what we've been going through but dave was talking about being lifelong learners we the IT guys tend to be that, certainly the ones in Wollongong, because they get selected for that, because this is their hobby as much as it is their job. And um, people are just doing, learning things all the time. Look at uh, the work that data guys have done. You know, they've just accelerated stuff that wasn't, um, wasn't even in their schedule, but they're able to bring it, or was in the schedule, but for down the track, and they've been able to bring it forward. Um, We've, we've had to cancel a lot of big projects, but we've also then um, created new projects where we can do um, distribution centres in schools where the switches are. They're all like pigsties. So we can now get in and clean those up and, and you know, repatch them and, and get them tidy. Um, so we're just going to refocus what we do. But what it does mean, though, is as something comes up and we do need to learn about it, we, we just learn about it. and this is where this is the thing right 
People go, oh, you know a lot about IT. No, no, no. I know a lot about YouTube. All right? I know a lot about Google. And I think that's the that's what it is because some some people don't think the knowledge you get there is authentic. Well, it certainly is, particularly YouTube. And um, some of it's rubbish, like, um, but, you know, a little bit of discernment can, can show the difference. But it always gives you a good place to start. And that's why... Um, you know, some of these early Zoom problems that we were having, we started with YouTube and they thought, oh, okay, that's how you fix that. And then, you know, you, you develop that from there. So you're saying you're a, a, you know, a master graduate of the school of YouTube? Absolutely, yeah, YouTube you. <laughs> and um, and don't, don't make any mistake, um, I had to do a change the pull cord on a lawnmower. Do you think I could work out how to do it? So I Google searched that, oh, turns out it's very simple. Now I know the secret. I'll have to um, tap into YouTube a little more. Oh, absolutely. No, YouTube's good. <laughs> but but rabbit hole alert, you'll go down rabbit hole after rabbit hole and you'll find you've watched four hours of video, only five minutes of which has anything to do with lawnmower cords. <laughs> I've always felt that one, one thing about technology is that it sort of reduces that opportunity for um, face-to-face human connection. So with students now learning remotely and not having face-to-face contact with their teachers, is there a way that teachers can track their students' well-being and just see how they're travelling? Yeah, there, there, there are. Um, the, a couple of things. The face-to-face, I'm not going to lie, Zoom is not as good. I've done um, virtual um, cocktail parties and whatever, and they, while they're still good, they're not as much fun as getting together. And I've watched uh, my wife do her Year 7 roll call. Now, that was real eye-opener for me because the kids came in, they could see each other and they could talk to each other and chatter and do all of that sort of stuff, even though they weren't together. Um, but it's one of those things, though, it's still not the same, but it's better than nothing. If you didn't have that, I think you'd be very lonely by now. Um, and the other, one of the other things that we've done is put this um, school management system in called Compass and that allows you to track students and, and you know, their wellbeing in the, what's it called, the Chronicle module. Michelle would kill me if I can't remember that off the top of my head. But it's, um, there are ways that we can, we can, you know, while interacting with people, just jot notes down so that we can make sure that we're not leaving people behind. I think that's the, the one good thing about Catholic education is that they don't leave people behind and that there are ways and, and the techniques and practices that we use to, to look after everyone. And, and we're extending that now to um, explicitly the IT team. Um, we have what we call COVID campfires where we get together just to work <laughs> out how people are travelling. And um, they're very important. And um, it's just one of those things that, um, yeah, it's an extension of that, you know, care. But Dave, we would have seen that around. Yeah, look, there's a. It's interesting, you know. You go overseas and you go through customs and you finish your ten-hour ordeal, and then there's a little machine where you. Oh, you went with your again. You hit with your fist or whatever, with the smiley face system, you know, just to say how you were throughout that experience, 
And this is what some teachers are doing with their kids, you know. They're, they're giving them the smiley face system of how you feel today. And sometimes it's the first thing they do, they greet them with, right. or the last thing while they're at home in, in, the, in the system, the learning management system, whether it be Google Classroom or Seesaw or whatever. They're actually, um, and I found that really interesting because I hadn't seen much of that in Australia where we say how we feel. And yet this is a system that a lot of the teachers, maybe it's a more of a primary school thing, but um, it is happening in our schools in, in one sense of how they feel. Um, and, and monitoring how they're going, which is what else you were sort of saying, that's been happening for years. Hmm. Like, that's not new. How, how is a child going and progressing with the work? Once again, the system that they're using, whether it be Compass or Google Classroom or Seesaw, gives... Uh, provides feedback two ways where the teacher is able to see how someone is progressing with work not how they're progressing with their health but their work and and able to give them feedback there and then and the child you know, the child gets that feedback and can respond to that so this that's been happening for a while not in all years not from k to 12 but you know certainly across lots of our classrooms and you see that Josie we were lucky enough to represent the diocese at um, a conference in um in the US, um, wherever it was. Anyway, it was a great place. Um, and we're we're really doing very well with it, the way we use data and information to look after kids. Um, the number of schools in the US said, oh, we're going to do this, we're about to do that, we're setting this up ready for. And we can actually say, no, well, we actually are. We are doing this. We are tracking that. We are doing this right now. And we're making a difference. And I think that, um, and when I say we, that's the royal we, that's not IT, that's teachers, that's, you know, um, everyone. It's, it's actually a really, it's a really good thing. And, and for anyone who's listening, they should realise that the, the Wollongong guys are all over their data and what they're doing. They're doing very, very well. And that's sort of, you know, comparing with the US and with some other countries as well. So that was very good. Portland. That's where it was. It was we, nice. Last week we spoke to a group of parents about um, how they were feeling about being connected to the school community and all three of them kept on talking about Compass and the role that Compass has played and the importance of Compass. Um, were you expecting Compass to play such a big role in a situation like this? Um, me personally, no. I was really surprised when I heard that and really pleased because... Compass has been one of the biggest changes to occur in in this diocese's history since 1950, when it was, 53. Really? Oh, yeah. It affects every student, every staff member, every parent, everyone. And um, it completely changes the way things operate. And um, um, the fact that our parents, and oftentimes they get missed out, of these discussions, they they all said, "Wow, this is so good! I can do A, B, and C." Thought, well, that's what we were hoping, and that's why I was really pleased. I don't know whether you heard that one day, but it was yeah, it was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. I thought it was a really good outcome, and um, it was really um, it made. It's been a struggle, Compass. Not going to lie, but it made it worthwhile to hear that. Earlier, you said about making sure that people or no one is left behind on this journey and the importance of that. One of our Catholic social teaching principles is based on the needs of the most vulnerable being put first. 
So what support is being provided to families in our Catholic school communities who might not have the internet at home or a device for their children to access their remote learning? I'll throw you down. Well, there's what's been mentioned earlier with the internet provisioning for home, which is really, it's just started over the last few days. In fact, last Thursday before the Easter long weekend, we opened up the phone line in system. Um, and what's the online called? Oh, gosh, I'm going to have to look it up. The, it's, uh, we're calling it the PDANI program, the Parent Internet Device Inquiry Line. Okay. But it's a 1800 number, and I don't have it here in front of me. Um, but it doesn't make PDANI because they are expensive to get ones that make a word. So we got one that didn't make a word. Um, and the idea is, though, that you ring in, we ask some questions. See, that we think that there's about 600 families don't have any internet at yeah. home, and there's a few staff as well. When this thing kicked off, before before travel bans, before any of these things, we thought, oh, this could go a bit south. So we, I said to Catherine, can I get you to ring up all our suppliers and get as many of these 3G modems as you can find? Anyway, it turns out we were able to get 300 of them. And I thought, oh, it's not a lot, but fine, we'll, you know, we'll do that. Turns out they're even more valuable than toilet paper at the moment. It's incredible that there's... None of these things are available anywhere. The same day we bought 300, um, New South Wales Department of Education bought 5,000 off um, Telstra and cleaned them out completely. So um, we've got these 300 modems, 600 people, and now we need sims to put in them. And um, Telstra's come to the party with a, uh, a plan where we can give people some sims. Um, we're going to have to buy some. We're only going to get 200 sims, but still got 300 modems and 600 people um i was able to buy another 90 modems so we'll we'll try and use the the information we get from the 1800 number to try and create a list of like a a, a list of people that we can give these things to that's going to make the most difference it's a a very difficult task as you can imagine um not helped by the fact that the 1800 number doesn't work here we thought it was going to but that's another story so, David, how will this work? People ring up the hotline? Well, they'll be asked questions by the, yep. the, um, one of our staff who are taking the calls and that will all be recorded. And once all of those um, calls have been taken, then they will be reviewed. And if we've got 300 of these modems, then we'll work out exactly which 300 uh, families can be supported best with them. and. Then there's a, a first week back mm. next term is a set aside to get these shipped out to the families. So all the boxes are there and everything's ready to go. Um, and there'll be some documentation for them to move forward. And what about devices? Yeah, that's, that's happening directly from the schools. We've been you know, proactively um, working with schools as well in that space. So. Some of our schools have rang every parent or every family, one person, a parent from every family in the school, asking them, how are you? Is there anything we can do for you? What, what help, support do you need during these times? And, and they've actually contacted um, a, a, a parent from every family. So some of our schools have gone to that level. And in, in 
this, some of the things that schools are able to do is hand out those iPads. So we have these managed iPads, which the schools are able to let loan the families. Um, and Normally so, they'd sit in the school. They wouldn't be allowed out from okay. the school. So what we're saying is, well, it's not going to do anyone any good boosting yeah. in the school, so send them out. And, um, and because they're managed, um, you know, we can control what they are and what's on them, that sort of stuff. So. That's good to know because a lot of families are already under a lot of pressure with, like, mm. the loss of jobs mm. and the pressure of having to educate you know, their children at home. So to not then have the internet or not have a device is an, mm. a, a pressure that they don't need to be dealing with. They could That's even right. have four children and only one device. Well, this would help them out as well. So, you know, if we can get those numbers up a little. The likes of Zoom and other interactive platforms have become the new normal as a way for people in the workforce to interact and operate at the moment. As there's less reasons for people to be in the same room as each other, do you think this way of interacting will have a permanent effect on how we operate moving forward from COVID-19? I do. I don't know what it's going to look like because we don't know what the bounce back is going to look like. But setting up a VC used to be an elaborate thing. Oh, we've got to get Catherine, we've got to get the Chris Richards, we've got to do all of this sort of stuff. But now people go, actually, no, I can just do that. And I think that you'll find that um, it becomes a very, um, a very doable thing. Perhaps some of the online teaching stuff that we're doing will go away when people come back to school I don't know but I mean if you're running tutorials for your year 12s when you know that you can get them all together even when they're not there um, uh, you can actually get you can still gather people together I think that's going to change the way that sort of stuff is run and the fact that you can record these meetings and um, record the meetings and have it so that um, you can play that back. So again, if a kid really is completely sick and can't, they can at least watch the thing. So it's going to end up a lot more like the university model in K-12. Um, but exactly what it looks like, I don't know yet. We'll have to, we'll have to look and see. Your staff are going to pick the best bits out of what they're doing now and carry them forward, I think. I think that what Alan was saying there with the recording, there's a lot of staff aiming at flipping the classroom at the moment. They're, some of them don't necessarily feel comfortable running a live Zoom lesson, so they'll, they'll record the lesson and provide the lesson uh, using you know, one of their LMS, Google Classroom, etc. And the, the advantage of doing that once they realise is if people missed the lesson or didn't quite capture all the, all the facets that were being spoken of, they can re, re, retake it, they can listen to it again, kids who are away. So when, when, when this is all over and the lessons are taking place normally, then some people are going to go, hang on, I might just use that method and use the recording again, and or someone was away for that lesson, and they can just take the recording and not totally miss it. So people will pick the best bits out of what they're doing, I think, and move forward with that. And I think people should be empowered to take the best bits. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to do, actually you don't have to do any of it. Just take the bits that work for you. And I think that's the thing that um, uh, people be, were beginning to think, oh, you have to do Zoom, or you have to do Google Classroom. So, no, you don't. You don't have to do any of those things. But you have to pick something that's going to work for you, and those two things work really well. But then Seesaw works great. Um, mm, Weebly good. works great. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's all sorts of options there, but 
you don't have to do them all. You just have to pick one that, that you can work with. And I think that um, it's, um, yeah, pick the eyes out of it. Take the bits that work and dump the rest. It, it, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Mm. Well, gentlemen, we're running out of time. But before we go, do you have any last words of support or encouragement for our listeners when it comes to the use of technology? I just want to say how proud I am to work in an organisation that has stepped up and with, with people who have stepped up so well and, you know, with really a day's notice changed the entire way they've been working for 20 years, 30 years and, no, this has been great and I'm really, really proud to be a part of that and, um, yeah, I just think, like I said, keep going, have a go at it, can't break it it, it's it, it's actually going to be good. Yes, the the uh, flattening of the curve might be able to be looked at in terms of the learning and the the change of lifestyle of of the teacher of today, because some of their learning has been ex- exponential as well, and and some of that will all of that will flatten to an extent, but the curve will continue in the learning. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's exciting times for teachers as well as challenging times and that's something which you know you seem to get a lot of feedback even with yourself the way you've been talking about this Josie but it's but it's a thing Louise my wife she's the same she's oh who would have thought you could do this and now she's she's actually saying oh did you know you could do a b and c well I didn't actually how good is that so and I think that's the the thing this whole thing is just an exploration and everyone's learning um as we're going, so just keep going with it, really, and have a go. We do have to be conscious of the parents at home and, and yeah. make sure that the, you know, some parents are being overwhelmed with their role as a teacher, mm. and sometimes we might be just a little bit um, more careful of how much work we're disseminating rather than teaching. And, but I'm actually seeing great improvements or great, you know, again, teachers are, are moving from that dissemination to that you know, back to the teaching as this moves on. So that, that's a really, really exciting and, and so proud moment to watch take place across our diocese. And for that, that's the area which I think we'll continue to get better at because we know we're, well, this is the beginning of the journey. This has only mm. just started. And I'm guessing it's going to be at least this term two will be a, a term two that we've never seen before. Yeah, these first few doors are okay, but when you get to the next few, they're going to be great. I think it'll be interesting too. So instead of the parent being the teacher, in a lot of cases now at home with the technology, it'll be the child being the teacher of the parent. And I remember, David, a few years back, I was working on a project and I had a meeting with you and I didn't understand what you were saying. So the next meeting I had, I brought my young daughter in to translate. (laughs) It was like, seriously, you could have been talking. No, it was to do with... (laughs) The technical side of things but honestly you might as well have been talking Chinese to me so but she was able to then explain to me what it was that you know you're wanting me to do and that made it so much easier so I'm assuming that at home this will be happening a lot won't it yeah yeah and I think I think the thing that I'm worried about are those parents that are English as a second language yes. and then computing is a fifth language yes. and um so, so, yeah, and I think that's what we need to be mindful of, even no matter whether we're a teacher or IT support or whatever. It's, it's not 
it's not simple for everyone. So it's, um, and I think that's something that's really important. Well, gentlemen, thanks so much for chatting with me. It's been great. And on behalf of all of us who rely so heavily on the support of the IT department, I want to thank you for everything that you do to keep us afloat and operating, especially during these really busy times. So thank you so much. No problem whatsoever. Thank you, Josie. This podcast was produced by Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. Music provided by bensound.com. I'm Josie Cooks and thanks for listening in. Join us next time as we talk to other members of our Catholic school community about finding hope in the midst of our new normal.